Convention on Podcast. You think going to convention is easy. However, it's anything, anything but. We have lovely guests this week, guys. Yes, we are joined today by Shit Cosplayer Say. I'm Ash. I'm Mel. We are Lavi Cosplay. And we are, in fact, the hosts of a podcast called Shit Cosplayer Say. So, let's talk about how and why we have gotten together today. It is all about judging. Yep, judging, masquerades, and everything in between. Oh, yes, indeedly-doos. So, before we get started, please, tell us a little bit about yourselves. So, Elle and I started cosplaying back in the late 90s, and we actually first met in 01 as part of a much larger group. Took a little bit of a break from the con scene for a while, but reunited for a cosplay charity event in 2013, and the rest of it's kind of history. How have you been holding up during this quarantine? Not getting cosplay done, that's for sure. Same, same, <laughs> same. You would think I would have gotten a bunch of stuff done for next year, considering we're supposed to be representing the U.S. in Spain Ooh, next nice. year for the International Cosplay League. But no, I haven't made anything since, like, March. It's awful. Yeah. yeah. It, no, I'm definitely in the same boat, because it's like... I've been busy with work and moving and a bunch of other small moving pieces and it just all cascades into my free time being depleted. That's <laughs> and I'm I've slowly but surely incorporated my job into cosplay, which is the exact opposite of what I thought I would be doing again. So I've been building props like a psychopath, but things have been bad. <laughs> I I might have I might have popped a couple of AC converters. Oh, that's not oh. good. I accidentally put AC to DC. Oh, and that God. was oh, that no. was my own mistake because I forgot how to read for some stupid reason. So that that's me. Words Short are version. Hard. Yeah, words are hard, especially when there's math involved. When you put words and numbers next to each other, bleh. Why don't you contact me for math related things? You know I'm good at the math. <laughs> because no. My secret project. Mine. It can be secret. I don't care. Secrets. Anyway. But when I have a secret, everyone needs to know. Yes. Your <laughs> secrets are funny. My secrets probably would lay me in, in trouble with the Geneva Convention. No. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Geneva. Anyways, what's your favorite dessert? I, I mean, if you really want to jump into the icebreaker questions, let's do that then. Please. Yeah, that's exactly what, what I'm icebreakers. doing. Tell us what your dessert is. <laughs> Pretty much chocolate i will just take anything that is chocolate fair if i had to pick a genre of dessert it would be cheesecake but if i had to pick a singular dessert it's gonna be the traditional ice cream cake from dairy queen we're not friends now anyway <laughs> so the other icebreaker question that we like to ask on this show is what is your favorite anime or movie Ooh. Yeah, no hard, right? Oh, well, considering we started back in, like, 99, that's a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I know. I, I know. It's so hard. Well, I would say favorite current anime would be, I just finished Rising of the Shield Hero, and it was oh. awesome. My favorite old school anime is probably a tie between... X-1999 and Utena. Oh, okay. The funny thing is we were just talking about Utena in the other room. I have, an, oh, I have most of it on VHS. Oh, so. good. <laughs> All right. How about the, you? The anime that makes no sense, but you still keep watching it anyway. Well, you know. Right? 
So I would say my favorite of all time is going to be pretty much anything that falls under the Sailor Moon umbrella. I'll get like interim favorites. Like as I'm watching things, I'll have some current things that'll pique my interest. But in the end, it always just kind of reverts back. I mean, fair enough. You got to have your favorites. You got to have your home anime one way or another. Yeah, nothing wrong with Sailor Moon. I love it a lot. But oh yeah, no, no. you definitely. No, do. I know. I'm. <laughs> well, I've watched the live action stuff. I've looked into the musical. That's a whole different. Kidding, Kabuto. Yeah, I have PGS. I'm hidden on a hard drive somewhere. I survived the Deke version. I'm good. <laughs> That live action version that should have never existed. Oh no no no! PGSM is uh is basically Sailor Moon Power Rangers in Japan only, and it and it's literally its own separate thing. I'm not kidding. It, it, Especially it's, that it's, early, one. <laughs> yeah yeah, it's like it's early 2000s like Power Rangers esque, but it's Sailor Moon characters instead of Power Rangers basically. I'm not kidding. It's really good actually. I think it's. Cool, I that's just might me. have to check this out on it's principle. Fifty one episodes, fifty two episodes, something around that bar. Yeah. But, but no, it's good. I like it. I just got done paying. But, but that's how you get Dark Sailor Mercury and a couple of other like random side characters. But yeah. All right, fair enough. On the bright side, we were never subjected to the Toon Makers version. Where yes, they put out exactly. a pilot episode for an American live-action hybrid. Oh, no, yes. Yeah, yeah, oh. that, that, that disaster, which exists in its glory somewhere on YouTube. It, <laughs> it pretty much only exists during Asen's anime hell, because that's what I remember seeing it during. Well, I yeah. think they actually did the promo at maybe Anime Expo one year is where they actually showed it for the first time. And all the video footage is like camcorder recordings <laughs> of the screen where they're showing it. The translation of look at this bullshit here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so glad we never got that. <laughs> I am. Look, I love the Deke version. I was happy with the Deke version. There were some weird ass edits, but it was good. I don't want that nightmare. (laughs) I got weird. Strange enough, I got weird uh, Sabrina Teenage Witch vibes from that, but I digress. No, it makes sense now that you say that aloud. So, before we decide to derail further, as is our tradition, let's actually talk about judging. We brought you here because both of you have been judges. You've both been if not some of the more higher rankers when it comes to judging, if I would have to say that myself, I have to ask, what does it take to be a judge? Yeah, what are the qualifications to be a judge? Do you, do the, does the convention ask you, or do you ask the conventions? Like, what's the process? Or even better, what made you guys want to become judges? We could probably hit on all of those, actually. <laughs> we, we actually did an entire episode just on how to become a judge. It's Ooh. A far more complicated process than people think it's going to be. Um, and sometimes you do get lucky and they find you and sometimes you have to do the legwork. It just sort of depends. A lot of guesting and cosplay stuff in general relies on dumb luck. Yeah. So... <laughs> We've had our experience with that in some capacity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's most everything at a con is just absolute dumb luck and hope for the best. In general, though, um, you're going to want a mastery of at least one technical skill, preferably rudimentary knowledge of other common skills or media that are typically used in cosplay. Um, But my big two when we've selected judges are going to be the ability to communicate and being a professional above everything else. I can dig that. Communication is always key, whatever the field, I feel. So True that. As long as you're good at that, I think you'll exceed in whatever you do if you put the mind and effort into it. I mean, yeah, if you can actually talk, you pretty much win. That's my belief anyway. Yeah. 
Yes. Have a high charisma score. <laughs> right? Yes. You do kind of have to have a high charisma score to be a judge, especially if you're judging a convention that has a large novice entry pool. So that would be your beginners because they're going to be really nervous to be up there with you. And this whole experience is new to them. They might be a little scared of you. So you don't want to come off to, um, intimidating to Too the new brash. kids yeah 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 so that have being able to have that kind of reliability and that rapport with the contestants is really important as a judge um, especially if you're doing your more standard masquerade it's a little bit different if you judge say like an international where everybody's already at a really high level and they're used to competing she needs somebody that can help the kiddos feel good about their cosplays well, and I would no. say that that's probably why we decided that we liked judging so much is our relationship and our rapport, especially with the younger cosplayers. Because once we started doing more panel programming and judging and other support services, we just realized how much we loved enriching the community further. And judging is one of the ways that we've been able to do that. All right. I can respect that. Totally. Now, here's a big question, especially for those that are listening. Can you explain the ranking system of what to be judged? I know you said novice, but I know there's journeyman. I know there's master. Yeah, there's, those are generally the three fields that there yeah, are. It, and what dif differs the three fields mainly? It depends. <laughs> it depends. It's going to depend a lot on your specific contest. They all have different kind of divisions and rules as far as what qualifies. Elle, do you want to kind of want to go over the basics, though? Yeah, so that is the confusing part is every convention literally uses different qualifications for their contestants. So there is no like national, well, there is. I mean, you have the costuming guild guidelines, but most conventions don't use them. They just kind of pick their own. Yeah, so there's not really a standard that's followed. There, there's one out there, but it's not really used. Yeah, so I mean, you can kind of, guess what you might see in the three categories so like your novice should be your brand new to the competition scene kind of cosplayers it should be your people without a ton of experience typically they haven't won an award or maybe they've won one just depends on the size of the competition something like anime central for instance is a very large competition so you may have a novice that has won something um, is their rules, I think, are a little bit different. But then you have a smaller competition, like when you're 1,000-person cons, your novice division's going to say, nope, you can't have won a thing. You need to be brand new, because that masquerade's going to be almost all novice anyway. So a lot of the rules are based off of how big the competition is. Okay, I can dig that. Yeah, and your poor journeymen, they just, like, they stuck in the middle. So... <laughs> <laughs> basically it's like i've won like two to three awards maybe but i haven't won a whole slew to be like in the yeah. this category basically i mean this is where i would put all of my awards if i yeah, had any the, yeah but right i, I mean i, I, I always... only got one award i only competed once too so that's a different topic for later right yeah. <laughs> i always feel bad for our journeymen because they're like kind of stuck in the middle and it's the most vague category and mm -hmm. probably the hardest to get out of because your rules are going to drastically change depending on the con, how many awards you have to have, what kind of experience you have to have. But you're going to expect a journeyman to have like a decent 
basic knowledge of crafting and you'll probably expect to start seeing them trying some interesting things trying some new stuff um you know experimenting with different techniques but they're probably not going to have mastered them yet so you expect to see a little bit of experimenting going on and then your masters were just crazy people who yeah. feel who live like and cosplay basically yeah we we just we have to go above and beyond and make these absolutely absurd costumes because why not because we don't uh, know how not to yeah we like we legit don't like i i tried to make hallway costumes and then i can't <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, once you're, it's, I see it this way with League of Legends logic. It's kind of like going from bronze, elo, hell to freaking plat. You're not going, to, if you're at plat, you're not going to know how to play with bronze. It's right. Like, like once you get so far, it's like, you, this is your new bare minimum and you don't want to go beneath your bare minimum, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You just, you just don't know how anymore. Like, I, I tried to finish a costume earlier in this pandemic time where I'm like, oh, I don't need to finish all of this. You know, I'm just going to, I'm not going to compete. No, I ended up like French seeming things. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to not do it. It has beads on it now that it wasn't supposed to have. Like, it's oh, like God. a sickness. <laughs> like, just, you don't know what to do with yourself if it's not like competition ready. I feel this. No, I, I understand this feeling. I understand the feeling yeah. and I don't even compete. That's right? the sad part. So you guys have mentioned rules a lot. Do you guys have a rule that you like, and do you guys have rules that you dislike? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah. I mean, and rules, of course, are going to vary based on the convention. Yeah, no, they're very all over the place. There's that obviously a standard set. Yeah. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, our job is just to follow them. So even if we don't personally agree with certain things, we just, I mean, that's what the standard is, and that's what their rules are, and we have to go by them, whether or not we like it or not. Sometimes we personally think there should be rules against certain things, especially when it comes to divisions or number of awards won, or if you've won specific awards previously. But if it's not in the convention rules, we can't penalize people for them, which is fine. I mean, that's their con, and they can decide what they want to do with it. The only thing I don't like that I've seen is sometimes I'll have cons do shadow bans and where people aren't necessarily banned from a competing, but we're told not to give them awards. It's never explained to the contestant, and I don't necessarily agree with that. Nor do I. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that either. Like, uh, the person can't really improve if they don't know how to improve. It's, it's also like, a waste of time, personally. Yeah, it's basically they are disqualified one reason or another but typically conventions don't go out of their way to tell a contestant they're disqualified um it to avoid conflict yes with a contestant because contestants will sometimes intentionally and unintentionally cheat um, it's unfortunate how often contestants cheat now i have to ask yeah what, what's the worst instance of cheating this far because you brought up cheating i haven't also, even thought about oh. it until now oh I think my favorite one was the guy that told me that he had modeled something and then had his friend 3D print it. And then when I looked at it, it had like the made in China, like, yes, into it. yes. that is one of my all time favorite ones. OK, uh, so now you're now you have me thinking of a horrible idea. The next time I make something out of a prop, I'm going to get a brander that specifically has made in China just to fuck with people. 
So, so when you're like when you just have a foam piece, just put made in China yep. on it, just so like <laughs> I made it, but it says made in China. I, I made it. I, it was in China. I was in China when I made it, but I made it. I was it. in China when I made it. <laughs> I mean, typically your your cheating's gonna be more often than not someone who has won an award or multiple awards, and the con says you can't do that, but they want to keep racking awards anyway, so they just don't say anything. Um. We will find out. We always do. We always find out. Yeah. I mean, they think they sneaky. They not sneaky. <laughs> we we will know. Like all judges know each other, particularly in the Midwest. We're a small bunch. Yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna find out if someone won best in show at you know con A, and now we're at con B three months later. Like we're gonna know. Yeah, I heard that basically if you get banned at one, you can get banned at another, and a list gets passed around is what I've heard when I was doing research. Yeah, there's a metaphorical list, like it doesn't actually exist. But yeah, I mean, we all know each other. We all talk to each other. Judges and organizers talk to each other all the time. I figured as much. Yeah, it's not a surprise. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, we're going to know if you're a repeat offender. My favorite is when those instances happen and like we actually emceed for a show once and then I judged the contestant at a show maybe like two months later and they had won an award for a particular prop that they had created. So I introduced myself to them because I was like, hey, I was one of your emcees and like the deer in the headlights look that, oh shit, (laughs) was just beautiful. And I enjoyed it a lot. But that particular convention didn't have a rule against it. So there wasn't a problem at that con. So what technically qualifies as cheating outside of lying about prizes? And I know we brushed upon that a little bit. I mean, really, it's going to be any time that every con I've ever been to that has a contest has a list of rules. It might be three bullet points. It might be three pages of points. So ultimately, we have to look at that to make those kind of determinations on whether or not somebody is playing fairly, so to speak. It's most likely going to be someone trying to pass off something they did not make as made by themselves. That's the most common form because most conventions will say you need a certain percent of your costume made by you. And so they'll either try to pass off a costume someone made for them or they'll say certain pieces like the weapon bought in China right. was made by them when it wasn't. Or they'll try to pass off something maybe as being fancier than it actually was. We've had a couple instances where someone's tried to pass off a standard embroidery stitch from a machine as hand embroidery. Right. Like, uh, we, okay. we can tell. that, and And it's... More like just don't lie to your judges. Yeah, it's good to be honest with your judges. And it's also good to like read the rules online because that's where they are. Well, and typically there's also going to be a copy of the rules either in the program book or when you sign up or check in. They're going to have a copy of them there for you to review just to make sure that you know what's going on. I think my favorite, though, is we had a very small con that we were judging at and somebody had a vest and they told us that they made it out of couch cushions that they had purchased at a thrift store. (laughs) But as I'm looking at this garment, it is obviously much better made than the rest of the costume. But I can see on this particular vest, the stitch lines where the factory tag is sewn into the back of the neck. And I'm like, hmm, okay. 
Oh no. Yep. Uh but yeah, you did say so. Your job is catching things like that. God. No, I remember a tale. I was trying to do a competition once and somebody was trying to pass off this blatantly thrift store leather jacket as vegan leather that they stitched themselves. And I'm just sitting there watching this happen slowly. And everybody that was in earshot of this just slowly turned around like a train wreck full of clowns. You could not look away. You could not laugh. It was beautiful. Alrighty then. Don't judge my euphemisms. <laughs> well, and then as judges, you have to have your poker face on because obviously yeah. the convention doesn't want you to confront the contestant about what's going on. Oh, yeah. No, that makes sense. And then that would just explain why they don't get an award then. And Here's one big question, because now that we're slowly getting to this part, I'm actually curious. What impresses judges? This has always been something that has been curious to me, because some decisions have always been based on the impression of a judge, which in most cases it is. Yeah. So what are you guys looking for? Like, what are your preferences? What are your dislikes along those lines? Ellie, you want to start? Yeah, sure. So judging is subjective. We try to make it not be, but judges are going to have their preferences. And that's just kind of how it is. And you hope that a judge's preference makes sense as far as what you can and cannot judge. So like a good example is no one should ever be judged for not wearing contacts, for instance. Like you got to judge on things that the contestant has control over. Yeah, it's like the compliment rule um, if or the criticism rule. Like, if you want to tell somebody something that's wrong that they can't fix in 15 seconds, don't bring it up. So eye color, hair color, weight, um, skin tone, like, those things have nothing to do with craftsmanship and should not be brought up at all. Thank you. Nope, that sounds pretty solid. It's like, if you can't really change it or, like, if it's not an easy fix, it's like a... You can't do anything there in the moment, so. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Typically, the first thing any judge is going to look for is finish and fit. So how well does the costume fit the person? And how well is it made? Did we yeah. actually finish our seams? Or is the costume a hot mess when we flip it so we can see the inside? Like, that's where we're going to kind of start. And then it just kind of changes depending on what level you're in. Yeah. So is hot glue a go at novice levels, but in higher levels, no hot glue allowed? Is that hot is that glue is hot no glue. go for scenes? Well, <laughs> it depends on what you're using it for. Because sometimes yeah. hot glue is appropriate, but doing hot glue seams is very difficult to do cleanly. So I don't recommend it personally. Now, if you can do it very cleanly, and I have seen a couple of costumes that surprised me. Um, Use whatever media that you prefer, <laughs> but... I mean, most... yeah, novices have more wiggle room yeah. as far as finish is concerned, but if a novice legitimately tries to finish their costume, they're very likely to be bumped towards the award because they made an effort to attempt to finish their costume. And that's really what I like in novice are the people that obviously understand that they need to take these steps and make the attempt towards it obviously they're still a novice so i don't expect them to have mastery over those particular skills or even necessarily a lot of different skills like i would expect out of a master's contestant to have Mm -hmm. in addition to that i really like people that show up prepared for judging 
who are obviously really passionate about their particular costume or crafting in general. It just, it's very contagious and you can tell when somebody's really into it and when somebody really doesn't want to be there. Now, actually that raises a good question. What would you consider being prepared to be judged? Well, that's what I was also going to ask. Like, when people bring reference photos and have them printed out and, like, different angles, I'm assuming that's what you're looking for. Are you guys big on that? Like, mainly for masters and, like, journeymen, I'm assuming. If it's going to be a contest where we have to judge accuracy, yes. Um, not all contests have an accuracy component in them. Um, but typically, we like to see as much of that as possible. I also like to see a lot of the process whenever possible. Um, sometimes people will bring their phones, other people bring tablets, some people bring physical binders. It kind of just depends on the person. Um, but you can tell that they've actually put a lot of thought into it and wanted to, this to be for a competition and didn't just go, I think I'm just going to show up today. I just always love taking progress photos. <laughs> like, that's me. Like, every time I'm making something, you just You're see me than making me. progress photos of whatever. You, I you forget. Yes. Thank you. I do. I'll, I I, do I get in the zone, and then I don't remember to take photos, and then I'm like, shit, I just did, like, seven steps. I took no photos. What can I, like, jerry-rig so I can take some photos? Because I totally just forgot to catalog these couple of steps that I probably need to show in yeah. this progress book. For me, it depends what I'm making, and that might be weird, because when it comes to me and, like, making shoes or if I'm, like, making custom boots, I can just, like, go to town on it, and then I'm done, and it's like, oh, I didn't take any progress photos. They're just done, and then... But, like, when it comes to props, I take progress photos of props all the time. I, <laughs> you, you've seen what happens when I'm allowed to do anything. Most of the time, there will be a camera next to me, and I will take pictures when I remember the camera's there. I will be power sanding and doing finite detail engravings for hours on end and then completely forget what day it is. And that's when I get screwed. No, I've seen it in real life. That, that is how it, yeah, that's how it I happens. roll too. I don't remember to well, do it. Well, and as long as you're able to explain your process, you should be fine as far as judging goes. The photos and the reference books and all of that, they just help, especially for newer contestants to be able to explain to us their thought process. So it's not necessarily that I need the book, but usually if I have a newer contestant that brings a book or photos with them, it helps them explain how they made the costume, yeah, which probably. can only assist in us understanding how they made it. It probably helps jog their memory because they're probably all over the place. Right. Well, and, and you get stage fright when you're in judging. Oh, yeah. Just like you sure. do before you go on stage. One question I have is, is acting in character a big thing for you guys? Because I know that's a thing for some contests it is and some t contests it's not. It depends on the contest. But honestly, all it's going to do is make your walk on better. And if there is a tie, that may be your tiebreaker. Yes. And we don't necessarily need to know if that's remotely accurate to the character, but if you are somehow playing a character on stage, that is going to make a difference in the event that the scores are close. And I mean, you're even starting to see this during some of the really big competitions like Crown and BlizzCon, where they're actually encouraging the entries to perform during their walk-ons and you are starting to see this request more frequently to make the shows more interesting. Yes. So for me, being a performer first and a crafter second, I do appreciate a good walk-on when it know. happens. But please don't do it during pre-judging. 
No, don't don't be in character. We've had people be in character during prejudging, and it's extremely distracting. Because <laughs> that's not the place to do it. Right. And it's always a Deadpool. Always a Deadpool. I was it's about either, to say. It's either Deadpool or JoJo's Bizarre Adventure cosplayers that will decide that they should be in character during their judging appointment. And I'm just like, no, dudes, just tell me what you do with your costume. Save it for the audience. Save it for, yeah, save that. We'll watch that part later, guys. We're not yeah, judging your performance save it for the show. Right now. I was about to say, it has to either be Deadpool, Spider-Man, or JoJo. It never fails. And I love all three, but holy crap. <laughs> I mean, I did enjoy the one time we had a JoJo trio come in and they walked in front of us and the first thing they did was pose. Yes. And then they explained their costumes and that was hysterical. I'm not going to lie. As is a JoJo cosplayer should be. Yeah, but speaking of posing, you should always practice three poses for when you're going on the stage because that's generally what you're going to get at any competition and then practicing your poses. And I know we've talked about this at home, but... Get a mirror, get your references online, practice your poses, know what you want to do. But that's generally what it is when it comes to walk-on. Skit is a whole different ball game because you have audio recordings, you have props, you have craftsmanship. It's a great ball game that we do yeah. all the time. <laughs> well, and the thing with walk-ons, too, is it's not just your poses. If you can stay in character during those transitions in between, which we've had some people do, that's just going to help you and your performance score, even if it is a walk-on, in the long run. Like, we saw this really awesome Walking Dead game cosplay at one point, and they legit looked terrified, like they were running from zombies, like, in between their poses on stage, and it's one of my favorite things that we've had go across. <laughs> nice. Let's let's talk about the inverse of the things that are impressive. What about the things that irritate judges? Oh, goodness. Other oh, than boy. cheating, which we covered yeah. in detail. That's a, that's a list. Oh, well, yeah. well, we're here. <laughs> my my number one is probably lying. Don't lie to yes. me. Don't lie to me. I want to time for that. <laughs> the lying thing's frustrating because, like, everyone's there. They all worked hard. You just came in with a costume you didn't make and took a spot from somebody who didn't get to compete. Like, Which, it's not cool. That's still some bullshit. Yeah, no one likes their time wasted like that, and you're using someone else's time, and it's a whole just toboggan of wasting one another's time and then someone's gonna get fed up yeah eventually. well and it's disrespectful to the contest it's disrespectful to yep. your other contestants to the convention to your judging staff to your coordinators i mean it's just it's bad another pet peeve of mine is the sometimes we get people that come in and that are really really arrogant and they just they talk very holier than thou during the entire process and it just rubs me the wrong way which, if you're a great crafter and you're the best crafter there, you're still going to win an award because that's how the process works. But I don't have to like it. Amen um, to that. Yep. Sounds, and, sounds like a couple stories we know. Yeah. Like a couple and I'm not, I don't deal with the shit talking. Like, don't shit talk the contest to me. Don't shit talk your other competitors. Don't shit talk other judges you've had at other cons. I don't need to know about any of that bullshit. Like, we are that's here not, to be professional and to have a judging session. Like, you can keep your negative opinions to yourself. Yeah, you want good competitive integrity, I guess, is what you're mainly looking for. Like, you want to keep competitive. Yeah, good sportsmanship, yeah. Yep. You want to keep good vibes, good sportsmanship, actually be a good person. Nobody gives 40 fucks and a half what you actually won before. I don't give a shit about your trophy wall. I give a shit about your freaking costume. I give a shit about the Yeah, what's going on here now? Well, like, 
Elle explained earlier, like, it's a very small circle, especially in the Midwest, of organizers and judges. So there's a really good chance if you're shit-talking those people, we're probably know them or are friends with them. Oh, yeah. So it's a bad that's, look. That's highly likely. Yeah. It's a very bad look. Yeah, don't don't come into your judging session and tell start out with telling your judges all the awards you've won before, because we don't care. No. Like, we care about the costume you have in front of us right now, not other awards that you've gotten previously which has happened before and it's a very weird experience my favorite is always the one where oh but i was in crown (laughs) but that doesn't mean anything now (laughs) (laughs) i'm like that's good that's good you were there's like in our area in particular there's like this really big thing for crown and it just always makes me giggle but you know that's that's like if you're gonna introduce me as you know, introduce yourself as I was in Crown or I got bested show at, you know, Big Con. Okay. Okay. We're so, not judging you on your past performance and your portfolio. Like, We're judging cool, you on but... what you brought in front of us today. So right. we should focus it, on that. Now, yeah. I do have a question because this is actually the first time I've heard of Crown. The big thing for us has always either been ASIN or Summit. So can you explain to us what is Crown? So Crown is the Crown Championships of Cosplay at C2E2. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. So Crown is a international competition, craftsmanship only, and you have to apply just to compete. So it's a big deal just to get in because you have to apply to be allowed on stage. Yeah. Wow. So So then there are preliminaries around the country. At every convention, pretty much, that Reed Pop owns. Yeah, they'll have one. And Almost. then finals is at C2E2. So like we just did something similar for the International Cosplay League. Um, there were preliminaries around the world for different teams to represent different countries. So we won the preliminary for the United States. So now we go to Spain to compete for the international competition. Yep. So when you get a little burnt out with normal convention competitions, you can be even more insane than masters and start more doing crazy. <laughs> so what you're saying is after we get the eight gym badges and pass the elite yep. four, there's still frontier brand of whoop us ass. Basically. Yes, yeah. There's a whole nother frontier of crying while sewing. Crying basically. while sewing. Well, it's like you make your own shoes, you make your own wigs, you make your own fabric. It's a whole different ballgame. Quite literally. Oh. Pretty time. much. The nice thing about Chicago, though, with C2E2 is um, they call it the Triple Crown at Chicago because it has the Chicago preliminary, the United States finals, and then the international finals are all during the same contest. All the U.S. contestants will go across the stage and then they'll announce the winners. And then all like three or four of the U.S. contestants will go across the stage and then they'll announce the winner for the U.S. And then all of the international contestants will go across the stage and then they'll announce the winners. And so if you're in the audience, you get this like three for one special as far as contests go. That explains a lot. Yep. And that... then they have a big dance party while the yeah, judges it's are a deliberating. Great contest. And there is a dance party, yes, yep. on the stage. See, I was wondering <laughs> about that actually, because ironically that's where we met. So the when I was at C2E2 this year, I was just watching a competition going, Jesus, tap dancing, river dance, what is this? Why is it so huge? I'm not used to this. I scared. Yeah, C2 has, I mean, C2E2 actually did a regular masquerade 
this past year because I was actually in that one. I did not get into Crown because I didn't I, finish my costume. <laughs> I do remember seeing you up there. I do remember this. Yep. So I, uh, but I did do Harley for the regular contest, which was their first year doing that, and that was kind of entertaining. That was a uh, like performance first and craftsmanship second, which you don't see very often. So that was kind of a new game. I've seen a couple of cons. Um, Magic's trying to do that, too. They now have a performance-only competition. Ooh. That so is interesting. But not very many. Yeah, you don't see it very... Usually, they, they smush them together. Yep. Or but, they'll have um, just craftsmanship and not mm-hmm. performance. I can dig that. Now, prizes are, like, a whole different topic, too, because there's somewhere you get, like, a trophy. There's somewhere you get cash. And then you also have your prize of, hey, you get to represent your region, you know, at the World Cosplay Summit along those lines. So is have you guys done cash prizes or is it mainly just trophies, trophies certificates? And, yeah. How does this work? We, so it's it's been really funny for us. We've either gotten absolutely nothing or cash and trophies. We have yep. no in between. Oh, that's actually really interesting. Yeah, it oh. just it just depends on what cons you go to. So, like, when we got Best in Show at Colossal Con, we got plaques and $1,000. I want $1,000. But, like, <laughs> for, for C2, I got cash, but I have no, like, paper or trophy to say that I won the Best Solo. So, yeah. <laughs> it just depends. We Do like they put anything on their website at all? Or is <laughs> They didn't really put anything up about their second contest. They were going to, but we haven't seen yeah. anything. I don't even know if I've seen the video yet. The video hasn't. They they're still releasing stuff from Crown, so I don't know if they're like releasing everything a lot slower because who knows what's going to happen for 2021, unfortunately. Right. So that's maybe all, all up in the air. <laughs> maybe yeah. they're savoring it because I still haven't savoring seen my performance, it. so I have no idea how that went. I feel this. I feel this. But yeah, I mean, you can win anything from like Yoma and the six and a half foot trophy to a trip to Spain to a five dollar Taco Bell coupon. Yes. Or 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 a gift card to Chili's. The dealer's room. I mean, it just depends. Yeah, it just depends on if they want to give you prizes or not. Prizes seem to be becoming more common than they used to be. I mean, we're not back in the old days of loot because I remember when I used to compete at Anime Central, you got loot yeah. from the loot dealers cool. room. They used to have really nice trophies they gave out with the loot, though, at one point in time. That, that's I have for... one of those because we had the plaques yeah. one yeah. year, and I have one of those. I remember the crystal uh, crystal trophies. Those are yeah. really nice. Supermarket sweep of the dealer. Look, I, <laughs> look, if I ever go to a convention that was one of the prizes, I would legit actually compete on principle alone i would legit i would i would compete and i would bring a wheelbarrow i would incorporate the wheelbarrow into the costume you think i'm joking no i know you're not joking you're dead serious i would look i would actually do a jojo cosplay of nothing else but the land roller and just fuck with people making them think i'm a transformer just be the car from crazy taxi so you just have a taxi throw your stuff there you go four person cat bus yes cat bus Magic school bus, yeah. Oh, that would be fun too. I mean, I, I got the tools in the back. We could make a school bus. Don't judge me. But anyway, I know you're serious. I am. I just got a plasma <laughs> this cutter. Sounds like a great plan. I know, right? I have a plasma cutter and two busted cars. We can do this today. We will freaking it. We will fast it, and furious. It's just time this there you go. <laughs> but 
before I get before I start actually thinking about this, because I'm legit thinking about this. Let's actually jump to another point of the docket. Tell us a couple of judge stories. I like to call it the good, the bad, and well. Yeah, any horror stories you've had for over the years or any great oh, success oh, stories? Um, I think my favorite thing about judging is, especially at the same contest or the same area over and over again, is watching contestants grow. So we've had some people that we've actually seen from their wee beginnings where maybe their first award with us was like a best prop award to then going on and moving into category awards to best in show later and now they're off doing things and judging on their own and I'm just like oh my babies have flown the nest <laughs> our cosplay children yep I miss them because we, we make a lot of friends to... doing doing judging and contests so that's definitely been one of the hard parts about quarantine is that yeah we don't we get miss to see our, our friends or children hang out with the cosplay kids in the green room nice yeah well and that was one of our shifts uh because we've recently shifted to emceeing as well and the really fun part about emceeing is you're not the intimidating person anymore you're yep. the fun supportive person and you get to hang out with all the contestants yeah so then we get to hang out and help our cosplay children and they don't have to feel like they don't need to talk like they, they can't talk to us because right. we're the judges you know, Ooh. Ooh, judges. <laughs> but when you're when you're the MCs, it's fine because we're there to like help out on yeah. stage. So it's all good. Yep. You're there to support the show in general and make it better. So as long as they understand that, then they're usually a lot more relaxed, which is good. I mean, we've uh -huh. been pretty lucky overall that our experiences as judges have been pretty good. Pretty positive. Uh, I mean, obviously, part. we know of some pretty poor um things that have happened like judges being cornered in the hallway or Ooh. in the parking garage which is terrifying don't do that why to, the fuck? yeah because they wanted to know why they didn't win uh, they can just email you or private message well, you there are other we options. always give out our social media cards and say hey if you have any questions or concerns after the contest feel free to get a hold of us you know we're happy to talk about everything afterwards and a lot of people do which is nice I haven't had it personally happen to us, but I've seen other people blasted online because people didn't like their judging experience or people didn't like these particular judges for whatever reason. Um, we've had contestants go and have drunken rants and con ops before because they didn't <laughs> appreciate the particular award that they were given and throw a, <laughs> threw a big fit about it. That was funny afterward, though. Well, I mean, I thought it was hysterical, minus the fact that some drunken asshole showed up at ConOps and was, like, scaring all the volunteers. So let me understand this correctly. Those poor volunteers. <laughs> well, yeah. No, yeah. let me understand this correctly, because I need, I need to process this. Sure. Somebody who got a prize. Yeah. They specifically got a prize. Mm -hmm. But they didn't like the one they got. That yes. is the equivalent to somebody on their sweet 16 not getting a pink Porsche, but they still get a car. Yeah, it's still yes. a brand new car, but it's not the it's not the color they wanted. It's funny because that actually happens more often than you probably might think, where maybe someone felt they should have won best in show, but they didn't, but they still got an award, or they got a judge's choice award but didn't get a placement award. Yeah, that that isn't unfortunately all that uncommon yeah actually that leads me to my my last thing that i actually absolutely hate when it comes to contests um are backseat judges 
which are kind of like backseat drivers. But for the people that obviously haven't seen every competition piece up close or who maybe aren't trained in specific performance techniques, um, usually they're friends with or trying to be supportive of the person that either didn't win or didn't win the award that they thought that they got. But all you're doing by being like, oh, well, you should have got this is discrediting the people that ended up actually winning something. And it's very hurtful and disrespectful to your other contestants because everybody tried hard and everybody did their best. And ultimately your judges are going to see things and know things about every contestant that people in the audience aren't. Exactly. It's like you're going to have all the details that they won't have. So that's why you have the knowledge to make the call. Right. So I guess one question I have uh, is because you guys have obviously competed before you judge, do you have any tips for people who want to compete? Like, make sure you're able to go to the bathroom in the costume because I know there are people who yes. have done things like that or things along those lines. Take snacks <laughs> because you don't know when you're going to be able to eat again. That too. I've also heard you might want to straw if you have like a food yep. that's unsafe so that way you can drink everything through water and it's not on your costume, things along those lines. Yeah. We usually take like a small taco box of items we're gonna have like pain meds and we usually con mom people in the just uh, judging room or the green room with us so we're gonna have some sort of pain med maybe like something to settle your stomach like an antacid l usually has some allergy medication just in case and then like bobby pins setting spray like if we're wearing like lipstick or a specific makeup we're worried about coming off we'll usually take that with us safety pins thread I mean, just a little minor sewing kit, like just in case, because you never know what could happen, either with your costume or with somebody else's. Yeah, but really, as far as getting out there and competing, I just say just do it, because it's a completely different experience, I think, for a lot of people when they actually do it the first time than they would have expected. And it can be really rewarding, and you're not going to know if that's something you really like or not, unless you do it. And remember, it's not about awards. I mean, I get that it's a contest, but the most valuable thing that we've gotten out of it is knowledge and friendship. Experience, personal growth would be mm -hmm. other good yeah. things to pursue. So. Yeah. I mean, you can learn so much from the other people you're in the green room with. Absolutely. That's where we learn cool new techniques and, and make figure out how to do. Yeah. And I mean, almost all our friends are from competing against them. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. People love to share about what they did and like actually how they made their things in the green room and like their processes and stuff. A lot of people usually like to talk about yeah. what they did. People like, love to talk about themselves. If you just go absolutely. up to somebody and ask them a question about it, most people are more than willing to explain it to you. So oh, I always I find mean, it good to go up with a compliment and a question. Till, and, yeah. yeah, sometimes they want to wait till after the competition because they're too nervous to some people don't like to talk to their fellow competitors during the competition. We're the weird people that go around to everybody and ask them questions about how they made things and we'll fix your costume if you pop a seam. Like, yeah. I've sewn seams back together during judging appointments for people before, so. I, I respect that. Yeah. I'm, when it comes to stuff like this, I'm always the one to go and say, I'm the shy one, <laughs> especially when it comes to uh, when people ask me questions, I'm the first one to tell you, uh, and then drop into like this weird Windows AOL era, doo -doo -doo -doo, <laughs> and just shut down. But when somebody asks about a prop or somebody asks something I built, oh yeah, no, I'll gab for years. 
because I want to teach someone else how to do what I do, and well, I and want them to learn as well. Yeah, unless I'm not, and usually that thing never sees the light of day. But we don't talk about those. We well, about right, that. those don't those don't go to competitions. So those hide in the closet of shame. Exactly. They can go with all my half-started projects that I'm never going to finish. <laughs> Welcome to the world of cosplay, where you have like ten half-finished cosplays all the time, and then it grows instead of never shrinks. And you're like, oh, but look, new cosplay. Right. Pretty, yeah. Pretty accurate right now. I have a lot of them <laughs> oh, staring worry. at me. I'm in my craft room currently, so I have a lot of projects. Oh yeah. I'm going finish I've... this. I have the random fabric just staring at me in my room. I'm like, yeah, it's there. No, you have that. There's a giant pile of wood and plastic and resin that are sitting in the workshop right now. If I open the door, there's just this giant snowman of pain just looking at me. <laughs> and I'm just like, there's even that giant pink hammer that hasn't been completed in, what year is it now? It's 2020. It hasn't been completed in 20 years. So well, 20 years is 20 years. You'll get to it eventually. Yeah, it's still there. No one needs to worry about it today. Yeah, it's for another day. It's probably going to hit me in my sleep. I feel it. <laughs> but I digress. What are your fun, memorable masquerade stories? Not as judging, but doing the competition yourself. Anime Iowa 2015. That was really entertaining. Um, that, that was our first our, best in show as Lobby Cosplay. And uh, L didn't know we were winning. Because what I they was did, clueless. it was great. <laughs> so what they do, or what they did at this particular year, is they called all the winners, but didn't tell us what we got, and took us all backstage because it was a bit of a trek from the green room back to the actual competition room. So they took us all backstage, and so we're standing there, and I'm just kind of like looking around the room and seeing who else went with us and who didn't go with us, and I'm kind of just checking stuff off in my head. And we're down to maybe, like, four other groups at this point. And I'm like, I get this, like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then I looked at one of the volunteers. And I'm sure I just had it, like, written all over my face. And she just kind of looks at me and then smiles and then starts shaking her head. And I was just like, <gasps> and then Elle is just completely clueless and has no idea what's going on. But, like, watching the realization, like, hit her face, like, minutes later was just beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then oh. when I disappointed Wigwig by not crying when we oh. won Best in Show at Colossal Con. That was pretty entertaining. Elle said, if we win a craftsmanship award, not the craftsmanship, if we win any craftsmanship award, that she's going to cry because we're at Colossal Con, which is a very large convention and typically has a lot of high competition. Um, but we did, and she did not cry. Aww. <laughs> They're still uh, disappointed at me for not crying. Um, I didn't were, cry at internationals either, so... There was the failing. time that everybody thought we got engaged on stage because it was yes! part of the skit. <laughs> that was that, pretty entertaining. We, we came back after our performance to a bunch of messages on our Facebook page congratulating us. Yep. But this was the campiest skit between Princess Lady Serenity and Helios from Sailor Moon. And it's Sailor Moon, so it has to be campy, but right. yeah. we got fake engaged on stage and a lot of people thought it was real and it was a really fun experience, though. I feel that. I, I do have one story for this and cool. it was the dumbest thing that has ever happened to me when it comes to being pulled into a competition. I had no intention of doing this. I had no intention of competing. I had no intention of being judged. 
this has happened three times in my life. And two out of three, I was not sober. And I was very upset with myself. The first time was during the Homestuck era of conventions. And a friend of mine really, really wanted to cosplay Homestuck. I said, sure, screw it. Just buy the makeup. I'll make you the horns. Just tell me which one you want to do. I can probably do something for you. They chickened out at the last second. I still had all this makeup. So I said, screw it. I'm going to wear this. And I'm going to go to my friend's party just to mess with them. So after the party and after getting about four liters of spiked Fago, I was wandering down the halls, minding my own business. I got grabbed on the shoulder by a couple of the homestuck cosplayers saying, we need a Gamzee. And I'm like, all right. So I get pulled on the stage and I'm swaying. Mind you, it's very rare for me to be drunk, but there's blinding lights in my face. I'm swaying and I'm just got the shit eating grin on my face with a bottle of Fago. Apparently I was the most <laughs> character thing on the stage. Didn't win an award, but I at least got recognition. Well, that's good. Well, yeah, then there was a panty and stocking one. That one might have been my mistake. <laughs> Were you drunk for that this one, too? Fine. Okay. I was gone, but... Okay. I mean, I, I only have two technical experiences with competitions. I entered one awful whim. I was kind of pulled into it once again at the first Anime Midwest all the way back in the day, in like 2012. I remember this. Yeah. Well, I I, got, um, I was cosplaying Sailor Venus, and then I won the novice category for that year, which I wasn't even planning. It was just, it just happened. And then the only other time I've done it is I did a skit, and uh, it's Love Live related. Yes, because <laughs> you're a freaking sadist. No, Love Live. <laughs> oh, what I don't like about competitions. Constant love live skits, please stop. Dance karaoke. Is, is, Call it dance karaoke. Is it, is it people doing the dance? Because that's what we did for our yes. skits. We learned the dance, and like, it's a, like if you make if all nine people make their costumes and they take the time to do the choreographed dance, it actually is very time yes. skill intensive. But that's like, never what they are, though. Well, well, when I did it, it was, but I know yes. most of them are not. I know well, most, most of them are. I understand that. Most part. of the time, your love live skit that you're going to get at a competition is going to be one person who, instead of incorporating the choreography from multiple girls, will just do the choreography of one of the girls. Yeah. And there's a lot of mean. standing there and not moving time, and it just it just doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah, musical skits you generally want to constantly be moving, or like you kind of want to tell a story if you're doing it like between two groups or something like that. And I know. For, like, comedic skits, you generally want to have jokes that generally hit, and you don't want them to have... You want a general joke. You don't want, like, a topic-specific right. joke type thing. Right. So can we can we honestly compare the Love Live skits now to the Harahara Yukai Lucky Star dances of before? Yes, it's the same It's the same deal. Because if you have a full... Let's add, let's thing, add um, yeah. Carmel Dancing in there, too, while we're That at is it, true. Because there was we a lot can, of that going yeah. on back in the day. Oh, no. I, I don't even want to think about an entire skit dedicated to Carmel Donson. There were multiple skits <laughs> were so dedicated many. to Back in the day. There was a lot of this going on. Not even the proper way of doing it. We're supposed to actually pop that hip out and pop it back and then actually get them hands going. <laughs> like, you got to get into the hip action. Yeah, you're trying to move back and forth. You just don't move your hand. <laughs> it's inverted twerking. Just do it. Nope, that's all it is now. <laughs> Lord, no. 
Well, there were I'm, so many. So many. It's one thing when you get a whole group together and you actually like choreograph yes. it. But yeah, if you're just doing it by yourself and like you're partially doing it, that's a whole different story. Is the point I'm trying to make in the gist of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've, I think we've seen one full Love Live group and that was pretty good. We weren't yeah. judging that con- convention, but yeah, they did a pretty good job. But typically what you'll get is just one or two people and yeah. it'll be the same costumes. It's always the cyber costumes. And it's not that, I think just what happens is it's kind of like in acting where like you have certain monologues you don't use for auditions because they've been heard so many times. It's, yeah. it's yeah. kind of the same concept. It's the same song, same costume, same deal over and over and over and over and over again. So you're as a judge, you're just kind of like, okay, I, I just this saw whole- this at the last con I was at. <laughs> Because I had this whole weird phase where I, I was part of a dance group. It was nine of us. We actually all made different sets of outfits with different songs. We learned multiple different dances. So, like, it was actually a thing that you actually well, did and fun. got into. Yeah, but, but like, but that's, yeah. like, a whole different thing. But, like, uh, yeah. it was a completely yeah. different ballpark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you get an actual idol group up there, like, then you've got a completely different story going on. Yeah. Well, and I think a, th- a lot of things with the dancing stuff, too, is that some people will look at like an idol group or a partial idol group or then maybe we might have somebody come in that's doing another type of like original choreography and as far as talking about like mastery and division of skill and variety of skill that's something we also have to look at is that if you're learning something that somebody else created and like learning the dance and you master that technique if somebody else actually had to implement and do all original choreography for a particular song and then master those techniques, if the skill level for the dancing is identical, the person that did the choreography on their own has like a higher like technical level that they've implemented to their performance. Right. Now, if you have a whole Love Live group where you've got like nine girls on stage, then you've got an extra level of crazy going on like yeah. we do in the master's class because not only do you all have to know it and be good at it, you also have to be in sync, which exactly. is really difficult the bigger groups that you get. The theater kid in me just screamed a little bit. Mar- marching band helped me, but that, that that's what I'm going to say. But like, if you do your own voice lines, because sometimes you have to record your own voice lines, because I know that's what we did. You have to also like make sure like you might have to cut your song down because like you have time limits at certain places. What modifications did you need to make? What changes did you make are taken into mm-hmm. consideration? Is the voice on the recording yours or is it somebody yeah. else's? Because there are uh, times where you recreate the the track and there are times where you yes. just use the one that's already there. And like that's a whole yeah. different skill level. And yep. I know people who have done that. It's actually very impressive. That's how we do all of ours. We do all our own vocal tracks yeah. for our performances. So well, if they're singing in one of our performances, we're doing it. If it's a, an original script, we wrote it. Um, we have a tendency to do parodies. So most of our musical performances are parodies of something that already existed. So yeah, it, it, performance is a whole nother ball game of complicated to judge. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was about to say, I hope so. Yeah. <sighs> I would hope so because if we've been doing dealing with the stunt podcast just this entire time, I'd have some problems. <laughs> now, I did have this question. This one, this one's gonna screw with you guys a little bit. What tips would you give to a new up and coming? person going into competitions going into masquerade going into skits and so on and so forth and so on and so forth 
This is why we have like four different episodes on these topics no, for that's okay. uh, on shit cosplayers. <laughs> my, my biggest tip is going to be to have fun because if you're not having fun, everyone's going to know and it's going to affect your performance. Oh, um, yeah. Well, and there's no point in doing a competition if it's not fun. If it's yeah. just stress, then don't do it. It's not worth it. You're not going to get cost famous winning cosplay competitions. That's not how people get cost famous. I know. Nope. A lot of people think it's the way. It's not the way. It's not the way. It is not I, the way. Personally, I never understood the point of getting cost famous. I just want to have fun. Yeah. But that's Thank me. you. Different strokes for different folks, but... I mean, fair. yeah. <laughs> but if you're going to compete, make sure it's fun. If it's not fun, reevaluate why you're doing it. Yeah. Or maybe there's a different way to make it more fun for you. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Since I know for a fact we have definitely come to the end, near the end of our time. <laughs> Seriously, thank you guys for coming on to our show. Yeah, thank you for joining and talking with us about judging. Your input has been very valuable. It's a great learning experience for everyone. Thanks I mean, it sounds us. sounds like we just did an interview. Well, I mean, we did. We but that's did, the yeah. point. Anyway. <laughs> no. And we definitely want you back on the show. At yeah, some point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always. We're so, up for shenanigans. We love most shenanigans. Yeah. Oh, you are definitely gonna love being on this. Good, we good. have too many shenanigans planned already. Uh, shenanigans there is our real name. Too many shenanigans. There can be almost sometimes too many shenanigans. When a car is on fire, that's when the shenanigans need to settle down a little bit. So is Just, this before or after you make the bus? This is a little <laughs> bit after because there's a chance I'm either going to make this bus work, use what I have, which would be a terrifying idea or go really really dark into some weird place and make something out of twisted metal it depends and then you're gonna set it on fire i will probably set it on fire it's not the first one. time i've set a prop on fire yeah it's it definitely not, not the first time no it's nowhere near the <laughs> you've been here when i set props on fire that's when the sin pit opens but no <laughs> before i before i start getting into weird yeah. memories seriously where can our listeners reach you? Because we want to hype you guys up as much as possible. And where can they hear your podcast? Yeah, where can they find you? Where can they reach you? All your so fun. You can find Shit Cosplayers Say, and that's S-H asterisk T Cosplayers Say on pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on all of the platforms, I believe, finally, I think. That could be a battle sometimes. <laughs> I know. It took a while. I had one. It, I just got a notification for him. Like, wow, I did that when we started in February. Check that out. <laughs> um, but if you go to lavicosplay.com slash podcast, that will also take you to our Buzzsprout site. Uh, we have two Instagrams. Our podcast Instagram is podcast SCS. That's where you'll get all the extra info and photos and things that go with each episode. Our regular Instagram is Lavi Cosplay, and pretty much all our other social media is Lavi Cosplay. Yep. Trying to keep it simple. We tried. We tried so hard. Yeah, we did. <laughs> a lot of stuff was taken over. <laughs> yeah, we went through a lot of um, variations because shit cosplayers say was not like it didn't work with a lot of the algorithms. Or the character requirements. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we checked a lot of different places before we picked our handle for the podcast. And 
that's how we ended up with podcast SCS. Yes. Because although I mean, the title isn't taken by anything, we couldn't necessarily make like an Instagram and stuff out of it. So right. Yeah. Understandable. Hey, hey I mean, we we made our name literally on a pun. Yeah. So as you said, we love puns. I, love I, I really love puns, which Jack's still really name for at some point. He fucking does. I mean, I can't find Yang for a reason. I know. <laughs> it's also why we weren't allowed to be in the same state when I cosplayed Junior. Because you would take out some aggression. You would take out a lot of aggression. Oh. Says the guy who like hits me with an object like every five minutes. Thank yes. you for proving my point. Anyway. <laughs> he hasn't stabbed you yet. At least not today. No, no, stabbing is, that's a Christmas thing. That's a oh, holiday okay. special, as always. <laughs> We're coming to the end of our time, and thank you for coming on our show, is what he's trying to get at. Yes, <laughs> seriously. And for everybody, you all know how to reach us. It's always at the bottom of the episode links. Yep. If you want to hit us up, always hit us up at conventionalpodcast at podbean.com. But also, you can hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us now up on Instagram. And now that finally works. Finally, let me in. Like, so twenty-eight episodes. Twenty-eight episodes. I have been locked out of my own Instagram account. We are finally back in. But anyway, he's not better at all. This never is. We try. But yes. You know, tw- Twitter, conventional crew without the e. Gmail's conventional podcast at gmail.com. All our fun stuff in the description. Pot, you already know coffee. You know freaking Patreon. You know all that fun stuff. And if you guys have a Patreon or coffee, you can always plug that, too. We are happy to have you. We, we do have a Ko-Fi. We just forget about it. I know, right? It doesn't we, exist. We haven't, so we were going to do Patreon, and then we literally released this, like, I think our podcast released two weeks before COVID hit. Yeah. And we just went, mm, we'll do that later. <laughs> Maybe later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like, did. That sounds like a lot of work. We'll do that later. Yeah, we I'm do pretty have sure Twitch my state went on lockdown less than a month after we started this. So please promote your Twitch. Yeah, plug the Twitch. We we do live shows periodically on Twitch. Twitch is also at Lavi Cosplay. But yep. our so our podcast has a live show that we usually take to conventions with us that involves a Jeopardy board. Hmm. And the best of the worst cosplaying convention related questions that we have found in the depths of the internet. Nice. As it should. It is, it is typically an 18-plus panel, but unfortunately, since COVID, we haven't been able to do anything at an 18-plus level, because Twitch doesn't let you do that. <laughs> yeah. True. I mean, and I neither do the conventions. Yeah. yeah. Jax and I have also been trying to like oh, plan yeah. panels and stuff for when we do but stuff. That's, that's for another day, later. because yeah. I'm 100% positive if we do this wrong, you're going to jail. <laughs> oh, God. I will run out the window. <laughs> they can't catch me. They don't know where I live today. <laughs> well, for now, we've had to do our show in a PG-13 version, and I can't wait yep. for the day that we can go back to the 18-plus version. But, uh, yeah. Trust me, I know. Now. now. It's a good time on Twitch when our Twitch works. So, you know, there's always that ball game too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> When the OBS decides to show my PowerPoint the way that I want it to, then, you know, it's great. OBS isn't designed to work. You know this. Oh, yeah, no, it crashes on us frequently. And we just did, like, a casual Twitch chat a couple weekends ago, and it it wasn't cooperating with me. So we just had, like, 
the little the screen was there, but you could see like the outline of Word because yeah. it would if every time I opened the slideshow, it took over my entire computer and wouldn't stay on the second screen. And I'm just like, fine. Twitch. Sounds sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure what we do, Twitch will have similar issues. <laughs> I'm gonna and I like never the settings never change, but it does something different every time I turn it on. That's a microphone yeah. in general for me. It never fails. <laughs> The, the settings never the change. Thing that happened, but, uh. <laughs> yeah, but that being said, all right, seriously, once again, it was so fun having you guys on the show. Yeah, this was yeah, a good time. Good. We'd be more than happy to come back. Yes. Excellent, excellent. With that being said, this is Jax. And this is Cloud. And these are our guests. I'm Ash. I'm Al. We are Lobby yep. Cosplay. From Shit Cosplayers Day. And we are the Conventional no Podcast, problem. and we're signing out. Peace. Peace.